The NFL Draft Combine is underway, and some of the Big Ten's best players are making the biggest impressions. You are locked on Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, you're listening into Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the conference every day of the week. I'm Nate Dickinson. Today's show is brought to you in part by FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Coming up on today's show, we're going to get into all of the latest from the NFL Draft Combine, recap an exciting night in Big Ten basketball, and of course, give you all the news that you need to know from around the Big Ten. I'm Nate Dickinson, your host. I'm at Nate with Sports on Twitter. Be sure to follow along with the show, more importantly, wherever you get your podcast on YouTube and on Twitter too. It's at LockedOnBig1010, not T-E-N, when you're typing it out. Again, coming up on the show, we're going to get into basketball stuff, but let's start with what's going on in Indianapolis at the NFL Combine. Big Ten players from all over the conference are trying to make their impressions on NFL teams for one of the final times before they get to the NFL draft. And this is the biggest way for some of the Big Ten's best players to make their names known. And we've had some players already in the Big Ten make their names known, no doubt about it. I want to start out with the name that we talked about last week on the show about one of the biggest jumps that a player could make as far as first round talent getting even higher. And that's Lucas Van Ness from Iowa. He has proved his worth at this NFL combine. I had said before, this is a guy who had never really gotten consistent starting time with the Hawkeyes. So he was more of a raw talent kind of pick. And with those kind of picks, you want to, of course, see the big, big physical upside and the big upside in the numbers in these drills that we talk about. Van Ness showed up big at the start of the combine six foot five 272 pounds 34 inch wingspan and a 4.58 40 yard dash let me give you those numbers again six five 272 with a 4.58 he also did well in just the split times a 1.64 10 second split he did very well in the agility drills 4.32 short shuttle a 7.02 three cone drill you may not know the more important numbers with those drills. The important thing you need to know, those numbers are good. I was saying before, this is someone who was projected at like end of the first round. If he didn't show up and do this kind of stuff in the physical drills, he could have dropped into the second. If he did well, he could get himself into the top 15. I think he has himself firmly in a top 20 spot right now, and he could climb up even higher if one of the teams that are up there really, really like him and were convinced by what they saw this weekend. Lucas Van Ness was the guy I had singled out as, hey, you need to be able to do really, really well to excel in this draft. And he did really, really well. He's going to go up pretty high. The next name, and maybe the name who was the name of the first day of the draft combine in the numbers games, that is a name that, to be quite honest, I'm not 100% I'm going to pronounce correctly, but it is Northwestern defensive lineman Ade Tomiwa Ade Baware. He dominated all the drills across just about everything. He was a defensive lineman who decided to go and drill with the edge rushers and 
he impressed even with the edge rush numbers. This is a guy who is measuring in at 282 pounds, a 1.6, 110-yard split, and a faster 40 at 4.54 than anybody else that we've seen at that kind of a weight. That's a faster 40 than Aiden Hutchinson last season. It's a faster 40 than Nick Bosa had at his draft combine. It's the fastest 40 we've seen ever from someone over 280 pounds. The only other player that came close was Aaron Donald. He ran a 4.68. Aaron Donald we're talking about, a 4.68. This guy comes in at a 4.54. Adebaware is a name you need to know, a name I need to learn to pronounce, to be completely honest. He was outstanding. 37.5 inch vertical, 10, and a half, 10 foot 5 inch on the broad jump a physical absolute monster. He was someone who had a really good day at his at, at the uh, not pro day at the senior bowl in Mobile, Alabama, and he just continues to get his draft stock rising. He may get all the way into the first round at this point. He was someone who was like a borderline second round pick going into this draft or into the draft combine. He could get his way all the way up into that first round if there's someone who likes him enough. He put up numbers that are ungodly for his size and his what is supposed to be speed. He is incredibly quick, incredibly good with what he's been doing. Just an outstanding showing and a masterclass in rising your draft stock at the draft combine. Incredible, incredible stuff. Last name I want to note, Iowa linebacker Jack Campbell. He was impressive too. Did a good job on the measurements. One of the consistent, one of the consistent concerns with him was that he wasn't quite big enough to be an NFL linebacker, but he clocks in at six foot five, 249. That is plenty, plenty big enough. And he also impressed on the field. 37 and a half inch vertical jump, a 10 foot eight broad jump, 4.7140 yard dash for linebacker numbers, all really, really impressive. But most importantly, he lived up to the size that he has said he's been for a while. As far as like people have been talking about what's Bryce Young going to measure in at height and weight, Jack Campbell had a lesser but same kind of problem. He proved the haters wrong with his measurements just in height and weight alone in this NFL draft. That's just the start of things, though. There are all sorts of players from across the Big Ten, defensive linemen and linebackers who were testing yesterday. You can go check out their numbers. Today on Friday, we've got defensive back and special teamers up today. Also, We've got quarterbacks and things at the podium. So if you're hearing quotes and things from people, there are there, the most important position, CJ Stroud's there too. And we will have defensive back and special team numbers here next time you hear from us on Locked On Big Ten. But that's the most important thing you really need to know is that throughout the Big Ten, we had big names putting up big numbers and really proving the haters wrong in what they were able to do at the draft combine. Lucas Van Ness, incredible. Northwestern's defensive lineman, Adetomiwa, Adebowore, absolutely outstanding. And Jack Campbell, impressed as well. Across the board, the people who I really had my eye on as to, okay, what are you going to be able to do here? They all met the expectations, if not exceeded it. It was an outstanding showing from all of them, if you ask me. We'll get into more on the NFL Draft Combine, of course, next week. Going to get, hopefully, our host of Locked On NFL Draft in here to talk to you. We're going to get, of course, women's basketball stuff in for you next week too but we got men's basketball stuff to go into right now the women's tournament is underway we're going to get into things as selection sunday comes along with the women's as we get through the weekend but we've got of course big games to go over on the men's side before we get to that before we get to any of it though 
The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel, FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on anything from money line to point scores, three-pointers made, anything you like. And of course, if you like betting on Big Ten basketball, we've got all the bets that you could like over there too. If you hear a line here for a Big Ten game, as you will when there's Big Ten lines available, you'll be able to get the line and play with us or play against us over at FanDuel. So go ahead and take advantage of that no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thanks again for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, hear from the big name experts, ex insiders, coaches, and players too. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's get into the latest update from basketball as we had an exciting night of hoops across the hardwood let's start with illinois and michigan went to two overtimes and this was just an exciting game between two teams that if you're asking me are playing tournament quality basketball michigan really really needed this win and may not get into the ncaa tournament without it but with what they've shown over the last month month and a half I think there's no doubt about it that this is a NCAA tournament talented team. This is a team that's playing like a tournament team over the course of the last month. But the beginning of its season may what be what ends up keeping it out of the actual field of 68. And I don't think you can blame the selection committee if they do leave Michigan out. But I think if they do leave Michigan out, they're leaving out a team that could win some games in this tournament, which is more than what some of the teams on the bubble, I think, could say. This game was just fun to watch, though. Illinois is one of the more fun teams to watch in the Big Ten, but they're just so inconsistent with what they do on offense. Uh, it was one of the things I noted throughout this game. It seemed like there would be three, four-minute stretches where in seemingly every game that you watch Illinois, they look like one of the best teams in the country. I mean, with the way that they're able to work in transition, with the way they're able to swing the ball around, when it's working well, it looks like elite college basketball. It looks like a team that can upset one of the best teams in the country when it gets to the NCAA tournament. But then, after those stretches, you get the stretches where it seems like Illinois just can't find the rhythm. I, multiple times, I was getting off of a possession where Illinois had just worked the ball so well, and then they had two or three shots in a row where it was just like, okay, three from five feet behind the line. A contested shot fading away off of a dribble. It's just on and off with this team. They work quickly, they're able to work the ball around, but if they get set into the half court, it feels like they forget what they're doing. And it's a concern for this Illinois team, definitely. But that's really my biggest takeaway from what I've seen from Illinois, not just in this game, but throughout the season. They've had some of the most fun stretches of basketball to watch in all of the Big Ten. And if they could put together a full game of that, they could beat anybody in the country. However, there's also just those stretches where Illinois just doesn't look like it knows what it's doing. It looks like it's fragmented on offense and like a team that is trying to figure out what to do with all of the talent it has. 
So if Michigan gets into, or I'm sorry, if Illinois gets into, say, a second round matchup with one of the better seeds in the big in the in the tournament and is able to put together one of those runs where it looks outstanding, yeah, Illinois is going to be a sweet 16 team. It's going to be a team that knocks off one of those top four seeds, if not a two seed or a one seed in the second round. But at the same time, if Illinois comes out in the first round and just falls flat, then it could easily be a seven seed that loses to a 10 or a six seed that loses to an 11. It's that kind of a range for Illinois. When it's playing well, it can beat anybody. But when things aren't going quite as well, it ends up losing games to teams that it's far better than. And to be quite honest, I don't know if it's far better than Michigan or not. Michigan has been a kind of up and down team as well for different reasons. But Illinois right now, I'm seeing the ceiling for them. And I'm seeing this team making a run to like the Elite Eight and getting excited about what it's able to do and getting excited about who it is. But I also see a team that could very easily lose in the first round to a mid-major that's just more consistent and able to stand up to when Michigan or when Illinois makes mistakes. So with the Illini, that was my main takeaway. You see games where they're just dominant dominant in what they're able to do i mean in the first half they were taking advantage of michigan turnovers they were making the wolverines just look bad at some points but then you know they let michigan get right back into it by not having that kind of consistency on offense there's times where illinois looks like a great team but there's also times where it looks like it can lose any game that it plays and that really is the kind of yin and yang of this fighting illini team when they're hot it provides some of the best highlights in all of college basketball this season. But when they're down, it's really, really kind of ugly. On the Michigan side, I mean, this was a game they really, really needed to win. As I said, they're going to have a lot of work to do without this win to make it into the NCAA tournament. But we'll see what ends up happening the rest of the way. Hopefully they can win on Saturday if you're a Michigan fan and hope they get in. And then get the Big Ten wins to get themselves into the field of 68. Because as I said, both Illinois and Michigan played NCAA tournament quality games in this matchup here. But Michigan at some points, again, just looked terrible. I mean, there was a stretch in that second half where Illinois was just getting to the rim whenever it wanted to. Not off second chance points, not off imbalanced defenses off a fast break, but just catching in the corner, beating a Michigan defender to the baseline and just driving in and, I mean, multiple times, slamming it home in Michigan defenders' faces. This was a good game for Illinois' offense. And one in which I think you're, if you're, if you're an Illinois fan, realize the flaws. And Michigan, too. You were able to see some good things, and you were able to see the reason why these teams have struggled at points in the season as well, too. I mean, this game was pretty close to over. And then a 10 nothing run by Michigan out of nowhere right before the under-eight timeout in the second half puts the Wolverines on top. Bufkin was incredible. He hit a couple of big threes, had the last eight points of that 10 nothing run, and got Michigan right back in it. But that's the kind of thing that Illinois can't let happen. And better teams are, of course, going to take advantage of. Michigan almost did take advantage of to win that game. It was a game that, to be quite honest, if you ask me, should have been over a little after halfway through the second half because Illinois was playing much, much better basketball. But Michigan just seemingly out of nowhere got himself right back in it. And then all of a sudden, this game turns into a bit of an instant classic, going to double overtime, just becoming really exciting. But if you're an Illinois fan, you have to be kind of sitting there. I'm thinking, shouldn't we have won this in regulation? And if you ask me, yes, you should have. The other big game for the night was Purdue holding off Wisconsin by just a pair of points. Uh, 
biggest takeaway from this game, I mentioned biggest takeaway before in the Illinois game was kind of like the Illinois can be beat a good team good, but also lose to a bad team bad. The biggest takeaway from Purdue is that I'm still pretty convinced that Purdue is not ready for this NCAA tournament. This team has been bad. I'm just going to say it, bad. I mean, good enough to beat a Wisconsin team on the road, which is something you should give credit to Purdue for. It was a senior night. It was that kind of a game. But at the same time, Purdue should not have trouble with this Wisconsin team. I said it on yesterday's show. When I picked Purdue to win by four and a half, which they did not end up doing, apologies for that. But when I picked Purdue to win by four and a half, I was saying, yes, Purdue hasn't been playing well, but Wisconsin just really doesn't match up with the Purdue team all that well. But at the same time, there's been teams that Purdue has lost to in this stretch that they didn't match up all that well with the Boilermakers with either. Purdue is letting lesser teams stick with it. And that is the telltale sign of a team that's going to get upset early in this tournament. Purdue may have gotten the win. And they had clinched the outright Big Ten title before they even took the court. Well, that's not true. The game went to over, double overtime. So it was about a little bit before halftime. But Purdue is not ready to win in the NCAA tournament. With the way they're playing right now, the only way that I would be really, really convinced that Purdue was ready to win NCAA tournament games is if they win the Big Ten tournament, which is, of course, still in the cards. They're going to be the top seed. But I, I mean, I, I, that's, I guess that's what I'm saying. I'm at a point right now where I would be surprised if Purdue won the Big Ten tournament. They're going into it as a one seed. They are, in my opinion, the most talented team in the Big Ten. But if you just ask me straight up, who's going to win the Big Ten tournament? I'm not putting my money on Purdue. No way. Give me Indiana. Give me, I don't know, Northwestern. Give me somebody else because Purdue is not playing like a team that's ready to win. Plain and simple. And that game against Wisconsin was just another example of Purdue not living up to its expectations. Purdue's more than two points better than Wisconsin. I don't care if they're playing on senior night in Madison, whatever it is. That team should not be that close with the Wisconsin team. I mean, if you watch the game, Wisconsin could have won that game. Wisconsin arguably should have won that game. They had plenty of opportunities to. Purdue did not close it away. Purdue did not shut the door in the second half when they had the chance. It's a team that's not ready. And I want Purdue to be ready because I want someone to break this NCAA title drought. And I believe Purdue is the most talented team in the Big Ten, most ready to do it. But with the way they're playing right now, it's just not in the cards. There is nothing that they've shown in the last month to have you saying, oh yeah, this is my pick to win it all. No way. Not even close. As far as a couple of bubble teams that took losses yesterday, both Michigan and Wisconsin, I think have some work to do now. And it's an interesting discussion as we get on the bubble, because also Rutgers, by the way, lost to Minnesota yesterday too. Minnesota senior night, Jamison Battle, game-winning shot for three. We're not going to talk too much about the game because Minnesota is not going to be anywhere near the NCAA tournament. But they play a little bit of spoiler here on Rutgers, get themselves their senior night win, and get themselves their bit of a storybook ending over there in Minneapolis. But more importantly, there are people saying now that Rutgers may not be a tournament team which I find just mind-boggling. Let's get you the bracketology update before we get into any of that. Uh, bracket Matrix at the moment has 77 updated brackets at the time of recording. 
Purdue's average seed across those 77 brackets is a 1.2 seed. Next up is Indiana, who's an average 4.2. Northwestern's a 6.7. Maryland, 7.1. Michigan State's up to a 7.0, actually taking over Maryland for the next spot. Illinois, 7.3. Iowa, 7.8. Rutgers is at a 9.5 and only appearing in 76 of 77 brackets. One bracket has them out. Wisconsin's now in 46 of 77 brackets. Michigan is in 9 of 77 brackets. And Penn State is in 8 of 77 brackets. So a much wider distribution of Big Ten teams around that bubble and a much wider opinion of where everyone stands. If you had asked me at the same time yesterday how many teams I thought was going to get into the Big Ten tournament, I would have told you 10. You've got that Wisconsin team being number nine, Rutgers an obvious number eight if you ask me, but apparently not so obvious anymore. And then one of either Michigan or Penn State being the 10th team. Now I'm not so confident. The losses that were taken yesterday were not good losses to take. And now if you ask me, I'd put my money on nine Big Ten teams being in this tournament instead of 10. Of course, we've still got a weekend and Big Ten tournament to play out, but there's only so many Big Ten tournament wins to be had. And right now you've got one, two, three, four teams whose tournament fates are at least not 100% sealed. I would not be comfortable saying 10 Big Ten teams are going to get into this NCAA tournament. I'll give you nine easy. It's going to be nine at the very least. But I was hoping for 10 and then maybe 11 if we're really, really lucky. I think 11's out of the cards. And 10 is what we're now shooting for if these Big Ten teams can show up. And I don't really know if that's exactly what's going to happen. If you ask me, I think it's going to be one team between Penn State, Wisconsin, and Michigan. Those three teams are the three teams fighting for one Big Ten NCAA tournament big to become that ninth team. Right now, it's still Wisconsin in the clear lead, but a whole lot of things can change. We'll see what ends up happening come Selection Sunday. We'll, of course, see what ends up happening before that in these, this weekend and the, NC, and the Big Ten tournament after that. We're going to finish up with news from around the Big Ten, but before we do that, if you're looking for a delicious treat, don't want to miss out, of the, out, out on all of the delicious taste without, of course, getting any of the fat and calories that come with it usually, then you need to check out Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's everything that you need in one pack of protein, really. I, I mean, I wanted to say granola bar, but it's not a granola bar. You open it up and again, it looks like a candy bar. It tastes like a candy bar, but you're talking less than 130 calories, less more than 17 grams of protein, less than four grams of net carbs and net sugars too. Everything that you could ever want in a protein bar in something that tastes like a candy bar that you would eat any day anywhere. Head on over to Built.com to see what I'm talking about. You can get all of their new flavors that they're trying out and trying to get you hooked on all the time. Or if you're close to a Sam's Club, you can run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. All sorts of options for you to get your hands on Built Bar. Head over to Built.com, head over to your nearest Sam's Club, anything like that, and get in on the action today. All right, let's wrap things up from news from around the Big Ten. Uh, in Big Ten news, C.J. Stroud said in his Combine interview that he seriously considered coming back to Ohio State for a fourth season. Said that leaving Ohio State is a really, really tough thing to do. Of course, I'm sure it is, but at the same time, he's gone now. So he can say whatever he wants about what he was thinking at the time. It's not like he can come back now. So, of course, give all the praise to Ohio State that you like. 
As far as Big Ten schedule for the day, the Big Ten women's basketball tournament continues tonight with the top seeds starting play. Illinois plays against Rutgers. Michigan State against, or I'm sorry, we missed one out on there. Uh, we'll get back to that in just a second once I find the actual, ah, there it is. Michigan State's playing against Indiana. I started giving you the games from yesterday. Uh, Michigan State plays against Indiana today. Michigan's against Ohio State. Purdue against Iowa, and Illinois against Maryland. In men's hockey, the Big Ten tournament starts up a series best of three going on between the schools taking place today. Michigan State against Notre Dame in the series opener, Wisconsin against Michigan, and Penn State against Ohio State. A whole lot of baseball and softball action to tell you about. Too many games to list. If you want to know, go over to Big10.org and look it up for yourself. And also the Big Ten Wrestling Championships start up today. We'll have you updated on all of the big games or big names and results you need to know from that tournament and everything else, of course, next time we talk to you. For Big Ten bets yesterday, I went one and one yesterday. First win was Michigan plus four and a half against Illinois. Illini luckily only won by four in double overtime, so we cashed that bet in. Michigan just, again, I thought playing better than Illinois, didn't quite get that win. When it went to overtime, I was like, I, I know I'm going to lose this bet. You couldn't have just lost by two in regulation, Michigan. But luckily, they end up only losing by four in double overtime, and we do cash that bet. I did not win Purdue minus four and a half at Wisconsin. I said yesterday, betting against teams on their senior nights is not a great idea. Purdue needs to bounce back, needed to bounce back, and get the bounce back when they do but just not by quite enough. Only a two-point win instead of the five points that we needed to get that win. So one and one yesterday. We'll, of course, have more bets for you tomorrow as we continue on Locked On Big Ten. One recruiting note to make, unranked 2024 point guard in the basketball class, Isaac Asuma has committed to Minnesota. He is a point guard out of Minnesota. And again, an unranked point guard, at least as of right now. I'm sure 24-7 will give him some sort of ranking now that he's committed to a Power 5 school. Thanks again for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every day. For your second listen, check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. That'll do it for us here on Locked On Big Ten. Be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube and on Twitter, too. It's at Locked On Big Ten, wherever it is you're searching. One zero at the end, not T-E-N when you're typing it out. I'm Nate Dickinson at Nate with Sports with Locked On.